Hello and welcome. Episode 12 of the Right Hook Podcast. I'm Tom Casadega, joined as always by the host of this son bitch, Right Hook Ray. Ray, how the hell are you, bud? Good, bro. How's everything, man? Pretty slow, steady week. Yes, yes, just a nice, easy going week. Yeah. Yeah, nothing major in wrestling, really. Uh, a couple things. things, just nothing really to. We're not gonna have yeah. to dive in because there's not because there's not much of a pool to dive into. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, it's a uh, low hanging fruit this week. Yes, that's true. Say so. Uh, let's kind of get right into it. I wanted to jump into something with you, uh, okay. Nash Carter. There's been ah. a lot of <laughs> there's been a lot of different feedback both ways, uh, both of our opinions in the wrestling opinions world, uh, Twitter, always, you know, there's always judge, jury, and prosecutor on yep. Twitter. So, you know, there's Good always old opinions there. Um, but ultimately, I even was sending you conversations on Twitter from Kimberly. And essentially, she was admitting that she was lying. And I sent you all of those proof text messages, or I'm sorry, tweets. I don't know why I said text, but I texted you those. And uh, it was insane to see because she was openly admitting that, oh, yeah, I, I might have just made that up, but I'll talk about that with my therapist and not with you guys on Twitter. And then when she was called out on it, she played it off as, what are you talking about? Look at the stuff I posted. Well, I had looked, you had looked, and uh, there was nothing. So when there was no reaction, she went and found a picture from when he was 19 years old when they were dating of him with a side comb over hair and a little shaved Hitler mustache from when he was 19 years old. And that just got him fired at, what, 30 years old at WWE? Yeah. From something from when he was 19. Um, if I had a career job and personally somebody was able to find something deep from when I was like 18 or something, 19, that's you know what I mean. That, yeah, I'd be screwed, man. I you know I would never be able to have any kind of high-powered positionary job because of people you know in today's day and age. If anybody sees you happy, it seems they try to take it from you. And this is where I'm going to get to with that. Um, it came out that Nash Carter had actually left Kimberly uh, months and months back and was dating Gigi Dolan uh, from Toxic Attraction and. Kimberly didn't like that too much. She had destroyed Carter's collection of autographs and professional wrestler uh, memorabilia that he had saved up from people he had wrestled and stuff. Like uh, sometimes when you wrestle a match with somebody, you, you give like a, like a token of appreciation. Like you might give uh, a piece of your tape, you, you know, you might give, you know, something you get what i'm trying to say like you yeah. swap something with the person in the match well apparently he had these you know these uh these memory these memories and these autographs and they all got destroyed by her and uh she was very open about that and that was really weird i that was that just uh it took me aback because it was it right there it gave off the complete thing of oh, wow, that's a jealous ex who can't handle moving on. You know what Pretty I'm trying much, to say? Yeah. Well, now she accuses him of, you know, physical abuse and all this mental abuse and everything from all these years later when in the same hand it ends up being, is it made up out of jealousy or nothing looks good on her behalf to where when it first came out, everything did. Everything did a complete, you know, 360 and now it's back in her face. Uh, I just, uh, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good at all. But now WWE is not that type of company to go back and like apologize or retract statement or anything like that. To where I don't see poor Nash Carter ever getting a chance again, or not anytime soon getting rehired. Yeah. And now what? 
because oh. of a jealous ex, because of a jealous ex, somebody's out of a job. And now pretty much his life is in shambles. And now he has to figure out what's next because of a jealous ex. Is that fair? Uh, no, but this whole situation is mucky and murky. No one comes out looking fresh as a daisy. There's just a lot of gray and darkness to this situation. Um, even if it is if he true, cheated, regardless if, if he cheated, true, yeah, he doesn't deserve to get fired and accused of abuse or anything like that. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? And that's where the murky part is because you don't know if that's true or not. There's no report. There's no piece of validation or proof. So that's just going to stick with him regardless. Yeah. And well, it doesn't make her look good because she immediately jumps on social media instead of going to proper authorities. That whole spiel that everyone was really riding the rail on. Um, yeah. Getting the picture from however long ago that was kind of seemed like it was just the, the start of the snowball effect of the jealous ex vindictive person angle. Um, you know, it just, it, doesn't look good, but WWE can't set a precedent of saying, hey, our bad, come back, because there's a wake of people or pro wrestling promotions, period, that have left a wake of people out because, because of accusations and things of that nature. So I get it from, from that end, from that end of the perspective. Um, he'll bounce back somewhere. I'm gonna assume the, the lovely doors of Impact will welcome him back, and we'll get like a Rascals reunion in some shape or form. Um, it's not WWE, it's not NXT, it's not it's not a it's not AEW, but it's something. So, you know, at least he'll have that. He'll he'll get some work. It'll probably be a lot of hesitation, but but. Impact will take him back because Impact's taken in and taken back a lot of guys with shakier situations. Yeah. Well, so with this situation, I can actually relate. When I was 18 years old, I, uh, I had been dating a girl and I was my senior year and I was fresh out of high school and I was still dating this girl who was in high school who was younger than me at the time. She was... 16 gonna be 17 that upcoming year well anyway we uh we were dating and we we were friends a little bit prior like we had known each other from the same school you know it was just kind of one of them things well we started to uh date and we jumped in feet first it was kind of crazy um like most 18 year olds would yeah well here we go i grew up in a broken home and right at 18 when i graduated i um i received a bunch of gifts like meaning like money from family at the time who was like still around and stuff like my grand my uncle my aunt and other aunts and uncles and stuff had all gave me like a gift of money and i had a bunch of like i don't know i want to say like i don't know like 1800 bucks saved up and my mom and dad, they were battling their own demons. My dad, God rest his soul, and my mom is still a mess, and I pray God takes care of her, meaning, like, I hope she gets her life in order. And uh, so they literally jumped me one night. My mom and dad, like, were all drunk, and they, like, kicked my ass. And it was in front of two of my friends, and that new girlfriend they were petrified but i was used to it because i grew up around it so they like got me out of there and everything and they're all like it was a big big ordeal big ordeal and my friends were like petrified but i was used to it because it was a life that i kind of grew up around and she was like that's it you're moving in with me and i'm like oh okay cool well i'm 18 i get to move in with my girlfriend at the time 
her mom is completely okay with me moving in because she sees the black eye and the beat up face that I had from my parents. And so here I am, I'm 18 and I'm living with my new girlfriend and her mom and her little brother. And her mom's boyfriend is a dude who I was in my graduating class with, like who I went to high school with, who I grew up with, who I literally from preschool to graduation went to school with. So uh, there was that, that was a big like, whoa. <laughs> so anyway, I'm living with them and everything's going good. And then, uh, I don't know, life just kind of is life. At this point, it was great. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I'm 18 and living with this girl. And then that like middle of summer, end of summer came and we got jobs at Giant Eagle together because we, uh, we had both been doing other jobs and it was just easier. <laughs> we could both do both of our jobs, but just in different departments at Giant Eagle. So we did. And uh, here's where the story evolves. There's a guy who works in the customer service department and I'm not gonna use anybody's name to keep everything legal here. I've uh, had it all hashed out. So I'm just gonna have to do it this way. Uh, my ex had, we, we had befriended this guy. He was a fellow weed smoker and he had a girlfriend and they would come and hang out at our house with like me and my friends and her and her friends. We thought this guy was just cool, I guess. Anyway, um, he was 36 at that time. And that was 2007, 2008. Homeboy was 36, she was 16, going to be 17, and I was 18. This dude, <laughs> her and this dude, I guess, hit it off without any of us knowing. And the, she started having an affair with this fucking dude. And I'm living in the house, but I don't know this because, like, it'd be weird shit. Like, I, I was oblivious to it until I couldn't be. And I had caught on just from little random things. Well, I moved out because it was just time. There was a discussion and my mom and dad were like super apologetic and all this goofy stuff. So I moved back home. My parents were moving. They asked me to move with them. So I moved to this new place with my mom and dad. And uh, we're living there and everything's good. And I'm still dating this girl. And we're all still working at Giant Eagle Mind this. Now it's just harder for me because I'm back living with my parents in a different area. And she's right there by Giant Eagle. Well, this dude's picking her up and taking her to work. And I'm like, kind of like struggling to get the work back and forth. And I'm like, something really has to be going on. Like, all I have to do is just like kind of catch it at this point. Well, the one night we're there and it's like... Uh, I don't know, later into a party, they disappear. I'm drunk. And I like stagger down the hallway and I open the door and they're standing in there. Well, you can just like feel the musk and like kind of just like kind of smell a little bit like fish. <laughs> Not gonna lie. And uh, I just knew something was up. So I got like pissed and I left. I like grabbed my friends and I grabbed stuff and I just left. And uh, I was gonna be done. I was gonna be completely done with this girl. And she swore up and down. She wasn't having anything, like nothing to do with this dude. She wanted to be with me. All this goofy stuff. But I was like wanting to be completely done. Ended up being, she was like, just give me another chance. So I did. Well, it was seemingly like her way to back at me I guess I don't know it was the weirdest thing because I said okay and I like took her back and then almost there instantly like to the like a week to the day it was Christmas and to set the tone for the you know time of the year it was Christmas Christmas day she dumped me wow yeah, dude. She was supposed to come over and like see my family and stuff. And like, remember, I had just given her like this next chance after all this cheating shit. 
So Christmas Day, she was supposed to come down and she didn't. And I'm thinking something's wrong. And then, oh, maybe she's at her family's and she's just running late. Nothing. My friends end up coming over and they're like hanging out with me. They're like, oh, dude, don't worry about it. You know, just hang out. And we're like hanging out, like smoking some weed and like just being young kids. And then she finally uh, texted me and said some goofy shit like, you know, it's over or something like that. I can't do this anymore. Something like that. And I'm like, what? What the hell are you talking about? But I'm like, okay, whatever. If you want to be done, like that's whatever. Well, I guess I didn't give her the right reaction because she says, I'm not going to hide it anymore. I remember saying like, what are you talking about? And then her saying, you hitting me. And I'm like, whoa, (laughs) no way, no way. And I guess she was trying to like set me up now long-term thinking about it through text, like to have some sort of proof of me saying something that could get me in trouble or something. But it just didn't work because right after that, it blew up and I got served with like some court papers. And that's the first time I broke my hand because I got so mad. I punched the fucking stop sign in front of my cousin, who was the cop. (laughs) And he's like, well, I'll ride you up to the hospital. He took me up the hill to Ohio Valley. So there was that. So I had a broken hand going to a domestic violence fucking hearing. So I take off my fucking brace and I take off the sling. They're expecting me to come in with this fucking didn't know the days I was, I'm getting the cast. Yes. The next day, but had that hearing been another day, I'd have been in a cast and been able to take nothing off. So I take off that emergency fucking hardball sleeve. I'm fucking sitting there and my hand is killing me, but I could not fucking show it. You know what I mean? They're expecting me to come in with this thing because they heard that, oh, Tom broke his hand. It's going to look great. Nope. Guess what? It didn't. Anyway, we get into this fucking courtroom. And the judge is not too nice to me because he thinks I'm this guy who's just denying domestic abuse. And he says, uh, you know, we have proof. If you'd like, we can you know, continue this and bring it forward. And I said, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to see these picture proof. She bring these photos and they're like printed offline. You know what I mean? Like they, they were printed from a printer photos, yeah. not like not picture pictures, but like a piece of paper printed. And I looked at this picture and I went, wait a minute, where have I seen this? And I started like talking to myself and they said, excuse me. And I was like, I seen this picture before. And I said, give me a, give me, <laughs> give me a computer with internet. And like accessibility to my Facebook, I said, just give me a computer and internet in 15 minutes and I can find this picture. So I ended up fucking getting there and they're like, what, what do you need it for? And I'm like, I I need to get onto my Facebook. And they're like, okay, well, actually (laughs) I was digging through Facebook and MySpace. That's how we're going to jump that far back. Cause we were at the end of the MySpace era, but really new into the Facebook era at this point. So I'm digging through my end of my MySpace and I'm digging through my Facebook and I'm like, I know I have seen this picture before. I'm looking at her profile, looking at my profile. Well, she was one of them pictures she had posted like on my profile, like when we first started dating, like, ah, my girlfriend. (laughs) Boom. It was that photo. She had Photoshopped a black eye onto like a close up like kind of like one of them chick photos where like in the camera like mm, making the kissy face you know yeah and i remember like feeling like this uh, sigh of relief and i was like i have this photo and the guy was like there's no way and i'm like yes there's this fucking photo well they get the judge and they all like i get kicked out of the room I'm back out with my mom and dad and a couple other people that were on my side. And then she's over there with her family and shit on their fucking side. And we're downtown Pittsburgh and it's fucking nine 30 in the morning. And we're, you know what I mean? I'm waiting for this judgment. This guy comes out and he says her name and she thinks she's about to hear, like I'm about to get locked up or something. Yeah. And he says, uh, there should be a law to protect men against women like you. And I went, Oh shit. And her mom was like, oh, excuse me, you can't speak to a minor like that. And he said, ma'am, your daughter is making false pictures. And he said, that, uh, he's, 
liable, you know, for, you know, damage and charges and stuff for, and I, dude, I remember crying my eyes out because he held up the one with the black eye and he held up the one that didn't have the black eye. No bullshit, dude. When he just dropped them pictures and he said there, he said, what do you have to say for yourself? And she tried to stand up and say how sorry she was. She said, I didn't think it was going to go this far. She starts fucking doing the boohoo. And he said, don't cry in my courtroom. You've taken enough time from this man. And he said, Mr. Mixer, you're free to go. And I was like, so relieved. And then he stopped and he was like, actually, he said, you two, there's going to be an order in place. He said, I don't want you two around each other at all. And then he placed a, uh, he gave me a uh, restraining order. Not a restraining order. Um, what's that? A, um, I guess maybe it is restraining order where you can't go around the person. Yeah. I think that's a restraining a P- order. A, P- a PFA, a restraining okay. order. She wasn't allowed around me up until from 2008 until 2010. Yeah. So I was completely okay with that. And, uh, when that time had came and passed, I'm sorry, it was 2012 from the end of 2008 until 2012. I was 22 years old. I was sitting in a bar and it was uh, summertime and my buddy was like, Oh fuck, we got to go. And I remember being like, what? And I turned and I looked and she was walking in with a couple of her friends and uh, she tried to have a conversation with me. And I remember like having to leave the bar because I was like, you cannot be serious. You tried to have me put away. After all of this, you accused me of beating you. You ruined my reputation in my hometown because my name got drugged through the mud because we had to go to court and everybody picked the side. And it was at that point, it didn't matter because so many people only heard the, oh, did you hear, you know, you hear Tom fucking smack, you know, what's her face and this and that. That's all they heard. Oh, well, you know, they're going to court because he hit her. And they never heard the truth of she made the whole thing up. So it took me, I can't even say it took me. It, it, yeah, it takes me even still sometimes to this day, almost 20 years later that uh, people ask, like, I, I don't want to say people ask me, you know what I mean? But random things will come up about that and it's just you know what i mean um memories that come up of that even and it's just really 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 weird because that was something that like could have really hurt my life you know what i'm trying to say yeah it could have done some major damage and had i not been able to find that picture what would have happened to me and i remember i'm not kidding i cried like you would not believe man and I thought I was a crybaby now, but no, honest to God, I did. I like, I openly cried right then and there. And I like, not screaming, crying, bawling, but tears ran down my face. And I remember like, I hugged my mom and dad and they were like, all right, let's go. Let's get the fuck out of here. And we left and uh, yeah, we smoked like some cigarettes outside of the courtroom together. Like all like catching ourselves. Like, I can't believe this just fucking happened, you know? And my friends came outside a couple minutes later and uh, it was the same reaction. Like <laughs> the ones that knew and the ones that believed me were right the fuck there. And the people that chose her side were automatically right there with her thinking that she was, you know, right. And it was all because she was having an affair with the fucking 36 year old dude. And she couldn't just admit it and just accept that I wanted to break up. It was like, she was spiteful you know, I guess would be the word and like petty and young. Yeah. And like I said, she even admitted right there in court. She didn't realize she didn't think it would go this far and she didn't want it to go, you know, all that crazy stuff, but the damage was already done. It was, and that's where Nash Carter is. And that's where I'm tying it back into. He's in that same boat in the end game because people are still going to hear just the fact of that he hit that girl or it was domestic charges that got him fired from WWE yeah, impact might bring him back in and everything like that, but he's still going to have that baggage linger on him for years to come from now. Yeah, I don't think that stigma goes goes away quickly unless there's some kind of smoking gun somewhere to clear him up, and even then it won't, it won't matter. Look at Enzo. He got cleared completely yeah. of his. They don't even acknowledge him. 
So, so yeah, that's what I mean by the they can't set that president of backpedaling because there's a wake of people that that'll raise their hand and be like, "Hey, how about over here?" Mm-hmm. Just a sad state of affairs, sad situation. Sucks for a talent to get caught up in that, but it's one of the more darker sides of our world that I wish didn't fucking exist. You're exactly right. Well, moving on from that, uh, what we were going to talk about was Cody. Yes. Probably the hottest name going on right now. Yeah. We, uh, I'll say we have a little bit of an inside source here at the right hook. I have it said inside that uh, Cody Rhodes is going to win the Money in the Bank briefcase in July's Money in the Bank. And, uh, him and Roman Reigns are set for a title match on the 4th of July, Monday Night Raw. Whether that ends up happening or not, we'll see. But I'm calling it now, Cody Reds will win money in the bank in July. I completely agree. So it's the whole American flag thing. You know what I mean? The it's 4th of July thing. weekend. It's a big pay-per-view. Him it, getting to make his yeah. own and part of his deal. This is totally this, this be the first big step in this push, for sure. I, I wonder if they're even going to end up splitting the titles again by then. I, I hope they do, to be honest. I have a feeling Roman's going to be like, ah, I don't have time for both shows. You know, something like that. He's going to, like, vacate one or something. Like, almost yeah. like he, he did with the NXT uh, North American when he won both. Almost like when Ultimate Warrior won both. After six, they just kind of, ah, okay, I have them. I'm done with it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like in a capacity of they defend them both or anything like that. They just kind of like, okay, well, I'm done with one. I think, I think at some point, Roman's going to vacate the WWE title because it doesn't, doesn't make sense. And there's not enough bodies right now to set up a run where he can take out top guys on both shows. Like, you know what I mean? Yep. Like, it's very thin if they keep it unified. It just makes sense for Roman to drop it. I'm all for unifying the tag titles because the tag division is not that deep, so it just makes sense and have yep. them Do have it like, crossover appeal. Like, the women's tag titles, have yeah. them just go... Yep. Have them go back and forth. I think that should Let's just get be in. tag titles, period. Nice new set of tag titles and just move forward. Yep. But I mean, if we do get the match with Roman on 4th of July edition Raw, that's obviously going to be a big show. That's probably what they're aiming to do because then that starts SummerSlam season two. Um, I could see it being a funky finish where Cody wins, but he doesn't win the title. A la like his dad with Billy Graham. Yeah, and, like a dusty finish. Yeah, kind of like mm-hmm. a dusty finish where he wins it, but he doesn't win the title, but he gets to hold it. Mm-hmm. And then we go from there, and maybe SummerSlam we get this encounter. I would see it all depends on what on what Dwayne does. If he's in the picture or not. Because if he's in the picture, we all know the end game. It's yeah. 39, clearly. Mm-hmm. But if he's not, then this needs to be a solid plan B. But do you keep both titles, though, on Roman the whole way through? At that point, when, what, it's Who beats optional. him? When, when does he lose? You At know? that point, it's optional. It can't hurt, but, but it won't add anything. At that point. And then let's say, for some reason... The Rock has other obligations, and he can't do 39, which is probably what they're banging on. You have a solid plan B that you can start from August to then, and you can build the two royal families and build it and have them interact sparingly, have them interact in a big way at Survivor Series, have them cross paths, do something at the Rumble. You know what I mean? Just like when he fought Kevin Owens – on Raw after on the dark match. Yeah. He had The Rock's mom help. He she smacked Kevin Owens for him. 
Yeah. Did you see that? He's holding yes. Kevin and she hits him. So there's that. And then did you see at the end of Raw Monday, Roman leaving, he grabbed that fan sign and it was that Cody Rhodes sign and he just ripped it all to shreds. And that I, was I actually did not, but, but it, it but wasn't on this is the whole no, it, it wasn't on the air. It's a clip that was posted okay. afterwards. You know, I'm trying to say how they do that. Yeah. There's you can always find people's you know clip of that. So he rips up the fucking Cody sign and he gets a reaction and a half. So they've been teasing kind of that. And also, do you watch Young Rock? Yes. And uh, a friend of mine, shout out to Mafia Bob. He sent me the clip on Snapchat when, oh, when it's all of them in like the living room and it's this little kid and he says, acknowledge it's my little me. cousin Joe. Yeah. Uh, did you see the whole clip? Uh, I saw the part where saw the part where the little kid says, "Acknowledge me." And yeah, he's and like, I "Play with me, Dwayne. Play yeah. with me, Dwayne." And he's like, he looks at the camera and goes, "Acknowledge, Acknowledge me, me." Like he's seen. Well, and then he goes, "Oh, that little chubby kid jumping around on my back there." Like it cuts to modern day Rock talking to that guy, and he goes, "Oh, that little kitty, that little chubby kid jumping on my back there, that's my little cousin Joe, aka." WWE superstar Roman Reigns and it cuts to like the side screen with the statistics and everything and it breaks down everything the tribal chief the head of the table Roman Reigns uh, whatever time WWE champion you know modern you know this and that that oh, and tail the chief. yeah exactly and it gives you a whole rundown with this little dude there and it introduces him as that character and that's how they just that little subtle tease of like you know Roman versus Rock yeah, you know, with the acknowledge me thing. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'm sure all parties know that there's, they have to lean into it because we're a lot more investigative about that stuff. So, so they're just like, all right, like, we know this is on the table. People are salivating for it. Well, let's lean into it and do that. And then for that to be on the rock show, just, mm-hmm put kerosene on that fire yeah but it was pretty I, cool yeah but that I, I lost it whenever the little kid points and says acknowledge me i was like holy crap they're really making this reference okay if you if you use the usa app you can use go to nbc through the usa app and you can log in with the same thing and you can watch young rock for free oh, okay i mean yeah. i mean i have hulu and i know it comes out next day Oh, well, fuck, do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? I didn't know you did. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I thought you weren't a Hulu guy. No, but, no, uh, yeah. I am. Fuck, yeah, definitely watch Hulu. I'm telling you. Yeah, and, and I've they watched actually just the put... first season of Young Rock, and I liked it. I get where the wrestling historians tear it apart. Well, yeah, like, whatever. It's I'm kind of a, a bastardization of shit, but I haven't watched any of the season two, and I don't think I've missed that many episodes yet. I think it's only, what, the second episode? Third no, episode? we're on four. Okay, yeah. so not that far. No, but um, what it is is they're doing it for like people who aren't fans. Yeah, like, like the casual them. laps you know fans. I mean? The no, not even any who's not a fan necessarily, or a person who might have been a fan back when Rocky Johnson wrestled. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, yeah, it's not aimed for people like you and me. No, you get what I'm trying to say because it's not aimed for people like Cornette. You know, it's uh. It's not aimed for people that are going to rip it apart. It's not aimed for people that are going to dissect it and go and check dates and go and do, you know what I mean? Was Bam Bam Bigelow wrestling when, was Bam Bam Bigelow wrestling when Rocky Johnson was down in Memphis? Maybe. Yeah, there's a strong chance like, but like, it's not that big of a deal. Little random things like Harvey Whippleman wasn't managing Jeff Jarrett because Jeff Jarrett wasn't a heel back then when anyway but there's just yeah. little things that you can't hold that to because they're not going to go and make it completely accurate because it's supposed to be entertaining and that's why it's made for people like not like us it's made for like young kids and then moms and, and you parents know parents and the, family the people who watch like total divas and stuff yeah you know what i mean who like that stuff we'll say that but yeah it's uh i mean i like young rock it's 
I mean, I'm not going to sit here and like bash it and say I hate it and everything. No, like that. I don't mind it at all. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I, uh, I, it's one of the only wrestling kind of TV shows that I've ever actually kind of enjoyed per se, without being completely annoyed with how fake they've made it. Yeah. If that makes sense, or how terrible they've made wrestling look in other shows, you know, is a real big turnoff. Yes. Like, I can remember ridiculous episodes of like different shows when I was younger that had, you know, wrestling that just was stupidly fake over the top. Like, Family Matters had the Bushwhackers one time, but they made wrestling this like big over the top fake thing. And then I remember like a Malcolm in the Middle episode to where they just made wrestling this like, they passed, it was, yes, it was stupid. I, anyway, moving on. But that's going to be, that's my take on, I guess, the roads to the road to the championship, pun intended. Like there's the 4th of July weekend is pretty much a Cody weekend. I would, I, I would assume that's like a universal thought in offices and in meetings with powers that be like, okay. I mean, they're clearly buying into this. They're clearly all in on this because it, it's been nothing but a smash since since his return you know so yeah i don't see i don't see it's the classic if it's not broke like don't fix it yeah we went from cody back to the to the young rock or went from cody to young yeah. rock back to cody that's pretty good good catch very good catch very good catch i like that so it's, it's, been, all, it's all, all royal all family up. stuff my man see that plays out exactly that way so yeah, that's how I see it. We both completely agree on the tag titles and how that all ties in and how it's time to just make those one. Even let the Usos be that champ. Let them be the first, like, undisputed tag team. Yes, yes. You know, um, I, yeah, I completely agree. Um, we're in the same boat on that opinion. What do we got on our live Ray Dynamite looking? From what I snipped at before pre-show and on the show, Punk versus Penta, El Sicoro, whatever they're calling him now, Punk wins that. Uh, Lucha Express took on Redragon. I don't know what happened. I'm going to assume Lucha or or sorry, Jungle or Jurassic Express retained, even though it's time to get it off of him. Right now, we got Starks and Hobbs in the ring because Starks is home in in New Orleans. I think we're getting that tag match with him and Hobbs versus Keith Lee and Swerve. Nice, nice, nice. So, nice and I uh, will ho- hopefully we'll get this done so I can watch the the match that a lot of people are chomping at the bit to see Samoa Joe and uh, Suzuki. Especially since I've never watched a Suzuki match before. I think this might be the right one to be the first match to watch. Just, I was going to say, it's just, a very good one to start so, out Because it's, it's Joe. Joe makes everything work. Joe's, Joe's, Joe's magic and money. Yeah, Joe, yeah, he's very good. I, uh, it, it's, it's crazy how casual they were through, they threw this card together of Dynamite of, like, really good matches. Another one of those, you know, um, I was trying to do a live look and to see what ended up happening with the tag titles, but I, for some odd reason, I can't find a straight answer, which I don't like. So that match must have either just ended up happening. Yeah. And And I think, I think the MJF match was on before and I'm assuming he beat Sean Dean and there was some kind of interaction with Warlow to keep this, keep this thing on track. Well, there's not much to write home about. It's a somewhat standard, decent dynamite so far. I'm, I'm sure they're going to try to do something somewhere to be to separate themselves because I'm sure I'm sure they don't live in a they don't live in a complete bubble. They know what's going on on the other side of the fence with a former con comrade who's pretty much bigger than what he was there and what he was when he left. <laughs> it's yeah, a very I mean, safe assessment that Cody's yeah. past two or three weeks have made him a bigger star than 
the time he was in AEW, where if I could be brutally honest, the hardcore stands and the AEW lifers just did not accept him, did not embrace him. The, like nothing, like like he couldn't do anything. Something, you know, it, it, it was, was like it was like outside of the first two, maybe three months of television, he had a fair shake. And then everything after that was just they just soured on him because they think he's they think he's the ultimate sports entertainer, but they have a bunch of guys in their roster that are equally sports entertaining, if not more. <laughs> I agree. And they just blindly are like, nope, that's not the case when it actually is. <laughs> Once he lost that match to be able to challenge for the world title ever again, he backed himself into that corner. corner. Forever. And that's why he had to leave AEW to be able to come back and have a fresh start eventually one day. Because I can totally see that. He's going to be a modern day Dusty. Dusty was in like that, like with NWA and WCW, went to WWE and then left and then went back to WWE. You know what I'm trying to say? And then yeah. ended up back in WCW. Look it up how many back and forth times in real life, you know, from the 60s and 70s all the way up until, you know, the late 90s. So up until his death, to be honest with you, Dusty, you know, uh, acquainted with WWE and WCW as well, along with TNA through the 2000s. So, I mean, equally as, He's always kind of roamed free. He always roamed free. Yeah, and that's how it was, you know. So I can see Cody kind of doing a Dusty and just doing what the fuck he wants to do, so... Yeah, I can totally see that happening. Do I see them rushing to put the title on him? I, I, I hope not. I yeah, hope they I, milk this. They actually have a story and something that they could sink their teeth into and make it work, which could be a good thing for the rest of the roster creatively. That means that they'll get like the juices flowing to be a little bit more creative, a little bit more daring. After a little while, give him the Intercontinental title or something and let yeah. him fucking change it back to the white one or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. He bring back the white title once. He can bring it back again. It's so, That new title's atrocious. And, like, I, I get their reasoning. They want to brand everything. But some titles you just don't need. You don't need the touch. The IC that, title should have been number one on that list. Like, let's not change this design at all. I hate um, it. Uh, it's gross. Honestly, I miss the old U.S. title design. I miss I like that. Um, I figured with 2.0 that that all those changes were title changes were like coming with like all the colors inside the number inside the letters. That's what I texted I, you and I said, "Do you see the new titles?" I I kind of figured that 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 was coming, and I was kind of shocked it didn't happen sooner because everything was changed so so rapidly i was like huh they've changed everything else but they haven't changed the titles and then this weekend or wrestlemania weekend they pretty much changed changed the titles um had some interesting call-ups smackdown was kind of shocking that would make sense for what happened on nxt last week when we got a dream match with no build between bronze i'll say bronze steiner i try to say breaker i just can't and Walter Gunther, uh, that had a takeover written all over it somewhere. And out of left field, they get the match to headline a regular show on TV. I kind of had a gut feeling there. I'm like, one of these guys are getting called up, clearly. And I just wasn't sure who. And then I had heard Eichner and Bartel broke up, which I was like, that's weird, but. That, that should have been another spidey sense to go off. Like, all right, something's changing. Yep. Um, and then Friday, you know, we get Bartel being kind of a hype man and red gear and it's Imperium in red and they don't have the music. They have completely stripped everything that made Imperium different. And they're just kind of round hole square pegging them. Um, yep. I'm happy he had a Walter-like match. On Friday, hopefully, hopefully that's a sign that he'll have it. Um, I don't see them projecting him into the title picture right away. 
as much as people want it. Um, you can't put the ring general against the tribal chief right right now. No. Because they're on both sides because they're on the same side of the fence. Uh, I would gladly want Walter versus Ricochet for for like the IC and let yeah. him do that. I'm all for that. Big man, little man, it, it, it writes itself. See, I forgot the IC title was on SmackDown and the US title was on Raw. That's how much them titles have been meaningless lately. Yeah. So, so I would be all I, for I, it. I knew Rick, I knew Ricochet was uh Intercontinental Champion. I just honestly couldn't remember if he won it on Raw or it was on SmackDown. No, I'm not it, kidding. It is residing on SmackDown somewhere. That's crazy. <laughs> so crazy. I'm sure I'm sure after this gender thing. They'll have to go in that direction because that's just that that's just a layup of a few. Easy. Yeah, it's like we said, low hanging fruit. Like, 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 like just pick it, go with it. There's no need to overcomplicate this. <laughs> yeah, just see how it is, you know. Uh, Mustafa Ali actually tweeted a picture of Cody and he had the caption. American Nightmare versus the real American Nightmare. And I was like, oh, that's uh, that's a good one. Mustafa Ali's been like, I don't know, that was in sort purgatory? of a Yeah, but he's been like tucked away. Yeah, like you said, in purgatory. And the I feel bad for him because if he wants to be free, they should just let him go. You yes. know, but they don't want to let him go. But they also don't want to let him be who he wants to be. So I don't know, man. It's a re- that's another really tough st- situation that he has to wait two years. Like, is it kind of like a Lost Boys in Neverland like situation? Oh man, like like no. kind of on kind of on the fringes. No, he's just kind of almost like in prison for two years. That's all. Yeah. So I mean, I'm gonna assume that we're around that time of the year when they normally make cuts. It's kind of like the post-mania cuts. I'm going to assume that that's still going to be coming. And if so, like, wouldn't like wouldn't they just be like, all right, like, we just need to, like, get this elephant out of the room and just realize, like, hey, he wants to do this. We want him to do that. We're not on the same page. He's more than willing to stay home. Might as well let him go and fill that spot and give someone else a chance. Because it, it's not like they can't pluck someone from two from 2.0 who probably is not not ready, but but like in their eyes is ready. So like, so like they even really, yeah. I mean, but the whole thing they don't even. Yeah, it seems like they're in too much of a rush to make these new stars like stars, and it's just they. They don't need to have the big draws anymore of like the Rocks and Austins and, you know, Lesnar's and Taker. You know, they don't need the big highlighted names anymore because WWE itself is such a big entity. Now it's like all the events more. Yeah, it's come and see our superstars. It's a SpongeBob meme of like the little and then the big letters, little and big and it's superstars and it's all like messed up, you know. Because that's what it is. It's it's come to see the show. Don't worry about who's you know. We have just a bunch of people there. Yeah. It's not it's not come and see this one versus this one anymore. It's come and see the show. They tried to do it this year with Roman and Brock, and it really didn't. That match when like fell flat. You would think it someone in someone in the room or in the ear or someone would be like. WrestleMania sells because it's it's now WrestleMania. It's, it's now yeah. like a brand of its own. Yeah, it's a two-night just kind of show, like entertainment party, you know? Yeah, so like you don't need to do the marquee matchups. Or it would be nice if you did, but at this point, you've, you've like removed yourself so far from that. The biggest sports entertainment company in the world has their biggest show of the year called WrestleMania, but they're yeah. sports entertainment. You get what I'm trying to say? Yeah. They could just, Vince could change it to like SE Mania, you know, and I don't even think people would bat an eye, uh, most, except for people most, like us. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, 
it's really all about the money anymore is what I'm essentially trying to say when I said that. It's so weird, man. It's uh, no matter what, yeah, wrestling is always evolving. Yeah, we know that. But it, it's so crazy to see where wrestling is now, even from where it was in you know, 2008. Yeah, 2002. See, there you go. 20 years ago. But yeah, see where we're at, you know, in another 10 20 years, you know, that kind of deal. Um, so I am going to steal another minute here. Yeah. Last week we had uh, touched on mental health and I, uh, it's very important. Like I had said last week, if, if you're feeling down and out to reach out and I want to thank you for that because you were kind of like, no matter what, just kind of there. Anytime I need you. Yeah. And I said to you, even off air, you know, but I'm saying here, I'm uh, proud to say that, you know, I, uh, I started back up therapy again to where I can uh, kind of figure out the, the waves that I'm going through right now. So I'm on the up and up, everybody. I, uh, everybody that I didn't expect to be there was really there and I was really surprised so I just like not I didn't expect you or not to be there or Katie not to be there or anything but I was thank you you know what I mean thank you very much no of course very much honest to goodness things are on the uh, upswing man that's exactly what I needed in life you know what I mean so I'm praying for the best and I pray that anybody else is going through it ends up being on their upswing too and on that note it brings us to our weekly spectacular part of the show give thanks for being thankful ray thankful for um thankful for our for our dialogue and our ability to be i guess vulnerable transparent real amongst ourselves not be afraid to like talk about things a lot of people don't see it and don't hear it but we probably have some really good gems and subjects off air and we just get wrapped up in it because it's just two friends just shooting the shit and catching up um so like to have that with someone is very cool and very grateful because at least you would think that you feel that like you're not alone. You kind of have someone that you can, that'll understand some of you, if not all of you and be like a soundboard and bounce things off. And I know we said off air, <laughs> I have this unnerving knack to talk in analogies and metaphors and other shit. <laughs> That's just the way that I've kind of learned to adjust the social waters <laughs> to keep me from not being completely awkward <laughs> and apparently you like had you had to do that last week <laughs> and oh, yes. i'm kind of glad that like something rubbed off <laughs> a little bit on somebody yes you know and I, oh, I know yeah. i know people like don't get it or can't stand it but it it's it's kind of easy it just it's it simplifies dialogue honestly and it's like until they're in the situation that you don't understand it it's yeah. exactly it's one of those like don't knock it till you try it essentially yeah. you know pretty much say that yeah but it does work out in situations and it actually helps it's crazy it's uh analogies kind of you know can be fun as long as you make it fun you know it can be whatever you want it to yeah. be but yeah there's that you know well, what yeah. are you thankful for good sir the upswing I am thankful for the upswing. I uh, I won't sit here and say I didn't ever think I wouldn't be or anything like that. I um, just kind of thought it was going to be a little longer, if that makes sense. But everything kind of um, fell into place when I needed it to fall into place. So when I had a couple opportunities and I had taken them and the opportunity had played out and it ended up working out, it worked out great. And one would lead to another or two would lead to three, whatever it may, you know, ended up being. But um, 
I was not this optimistic, I'll say, but it ended up working out very well. So I'm hopeful and I'm uh, optimistic and I'm thankful. I'm thankful for the upswing. Good. And it will continue to do that as long as you stay with it. And I try my stay best. On, stay on par with everybody. It'll Hell yeah. just keep going upward. Hell yeah. But, you know, all I can do is try, you know? That's all. That's all we can do, right? Hell yeah. I, um, tell you what, man. I, uh, I think this summer is going to be a good thing. I, I really do. Thinking more and more about it, I really do. Good. We're, I think we're still going to try to get together this summer. Yes, absolutely. 100%. I just oh. got to get the, the road time on highways and byways and not back roads to work. Once I get a little bit more comfortable with the psychopaths that drive on the highways, <laughs> the guys oh, yeah. that think it's, you know, the F1 500 or the Dallas or whatever fucking race special. <laughs> the NASCAR race. Yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. I sure as fuck do, man. I really <laughs> do. Like once I can tolerate and sustain and not have a full-blown panic attack behind the wheel because – you know, semis going at Mach 5 speed, and then there's a Volkswagen going Mach 5 speed. And you're going <laughs> past the barricade, and you're that close to the barricade. Yeah, oh, yes. yeah. Like, like kind of like Final mm-hmm. Destination mm-hmm. type type shit. <laughs> oh, yes. And your like, heart fuck. is pounding out of your chest. Oh, I've been there. Oh, I've been there. That's a terrible feeling, man. A terrible feeling. It's like, dude, I just want to drive on this very important road like all of you except not yeah die. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Not i die. just want to get from a to b and then from b back to a without dying today you know that's simple as that like a just use b your left and right a. turn indicators be be mindful <laughs> you know legitimate most most cars have like bluetooth attachments now so you really don't need to be on your phone while driving at 50 plus miles a fucking hour. Hell yeah. <laughs> like, just please, please. Be surprised, man. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, man. But, yeah, I uh, like I said, I see this summer as something very, very, very hopeful. I think, it, uh, I think it'll be pretty good. You know? I see a lot of cool things coming our way. I want to do a... Uh, when we get together, we'll do a live show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in person together. Like, you know, we do something like that. Yeah, that'd be pretty dope. Maybe even do a live watch along with something. Yeah. Fuck yeah. You know, <laughs> pick an old show. I'm completely down with that. Um, today, you got to see a good bit of my autograph collection from the traveling days. And Very uh, awesome. Awesome collection. Thank you very much. I'm going to have I... to find some more and show you some more for next week. Like maybe it's time to go on Amazon and buy like a pack of frames for, yeah. for some of them. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly right. Whatever size these uh like show posters are. You know it I mean? seems like Amazon has everything. I'm sure they'll have them for like those like poster board posters. Hell yeah. Yeah, I have to do that. Because like I said, those are uh memoros. You know, memories to where I don't want to like, I'm not going to like sell those off or, you know, anything like that. Those you honestly can't, collection. unless there's like a ridiculous offer. Yeah. I, which even know, then, which even then you got to sleep on. I don't even know if I could. Yeah. You know I mean, I just, I'd rather just keep them. Same thing with my Dusty autograph and my Charlotte autograph and my Kurt Angle autograph and stuff. I just, uh, Sammy Zane even, I just, I don't know. Don't see myself parting with them. One day they'll be Tommy's or my other kids. You know what I mean? And uh, we'll see what they say. You know? That's the way I look at that. So. Yeah. Thankful for that ability to have that to pass down to my son. Yes. You know, we talk about random things like that. But yeah, uh, I think uh, now that WrestleMania has passed, um, we had talked a little bit before about starting our tier tournament. 
of our, our tier pyramid. Yeah. We're going to start our layouts and we're going to start probably with our fives in the next week. Okay. So probably next week, episode 13, we might start with our fives and then work our way down all the way to the top ones. Okay. All so like start, so start from ones. bottom up. All right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm going to have so, to revisit my, finalize my draft, do yeah. that. I see the Joe matches starting. All right. So, on that note, um, I'm Tom Casadega. Yes, That's sir. the right hook, Ray. Ray, yep. send him the fuck home. If you have any questions, comments, topic suggestions, anything, you can send it to our email at rhrpodcast1 at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at the right hook pod and use the hashtag the right hook and you can send them there. So get on it, get on it, follow, comment, share, um, enjoy, enjoy our awesomeness. Cause we like to do this every, every fucking week. Hell yeah. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next week. Yep. ACS. Take care guys.